I think it's always important to stop, take a breath, like you said, think about what you're doing and how that could affect others and just find the kindest solution possible. And I think that's really what our world needs to make it a better place. Hi, I'm Connor from Connor's Kindness Project, and you are entering a world gone good. And I am Sharon from Connor's Kindness Project, and you are entering a world gone good. Well, hello, my name is Steve, and this is the place where we celebrate everyday people making good happen each and every day. This is World Gone Good. Here are some good things you can add to your good to-do list to get onto Santa's nice list. First, are you following us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you happen to listen in? Click the follow button wherever that is, and our new episodes will automatically download to your library, you will get a notification and you'll know when new good is happening. Second, have you rated and reviewed us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen? It takes just a second, helps us more than you know, and helps new people, good people like you, find us. And third, here are two ways, well, third is a lot of math going on, two ways to get more good. Join our Patreon.com World Gone Good page, where you'll be in on the secret good stuff that we share. Check it out. It's patreon.com slash worldgonegood. It is only $3.99. And the other way to get more good is to grab my new good novel, Drowntown, on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. I am a first-time published author. And the ebook is just $4.99. $4.99, people. I'd love your support in any and all of these areas. And Santa knows you've been naughty, so you better work on some things. And for doing so, rather, I should say, as always, we say thank you. Today, we are celebrating kindness. Do you feel you're a kind person? Do you look for ways to be kind? Do you think there might be ways in your own community where your own personal kindness can make a difference in someone else's life? One of our good guests today felt that way and decided to take action. And the action he did take, wait for it, he took it at 12 years old. His name is Connor, and he's the force of good behind Connor's Kindness Project. Before we cue the music, let me just say this. If a 12-year-old can be kind and pass that kindness on to others, including complete strangers, the rest of us can too. Who's ready to be inspired by the next generation of good kindness makers? Okay, now you can cue the music. Here comes Connor and Sharon from Connor's Kindness Project, ready to share their good story. This is a first, an absolute first, and I'm going to start with the most obvious question. Connor, how do you know Sharon? Well, Sharon happens to be my grandmother, so um, we've always had a special connection, and she's always, I'm, an, I'm actually an only grandchild, so she's already always been a big part of me, part of my life, picking me up from school, um, so because we were so close, we were able to um, start this together, so it's, it's been great. And how old are you, Connor? 
I am 14. And Sharon, how do you know Connor and how old are you? I'm kidding. Just answer the first part of the question. I don't mind answering the second, but the first part of the question is that on um, June 13th, 2009, this little person came into my life and he is the son of my only child. And as he mentioned, he's my only grandchild. Oh, there's an only only going on. An only only. That's what makes it so special. That's amazing. Were you an only child, Sharon? I was not. I'm the oldest of five. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Very cool. Now, Connor, you are 14, and a few years ago, w- something happened, and you decided the world needed more kindness. So my first question is this, what, what was the moment? When did you be like, there's not enough kindness in the world, I got to do something? I had always been involved in, in doing kind acts, community service, and volunteering, and I think my mom especially had always um, done a good job getting me involved in that types of things and always bring to, bringing me to events where I could help out the community. So I already had that experience. And I guess the real moment um, came from the pandemic, in the height of the pandemic. And I was just sort of um, watching the news and, and hearing about all the, all the things that were going on, um, a bunch of numbers about um, people dying and things like this. And um, I was just like, this is terrible. Families are struggling. Kids are struggling. And I just think the world needs some kindness and some joy. Um, and that's really what led me to start it. Do you think overall that the world is a kind place? You can go either way with this question. Yes, there's a lot of kind people in the world, but I think there is a lot of places where there isn't. And it, the the world could always use some more kindness. So um, I feel like that's kind of a a broad question because there could always be more that you can do. What's really cool, I'm going to say with you for a second here, Connor, is that you have, we got three, almost three generations going on. I say that respectfully, right? Um, me, your your, grand, your nana, me, and you. There's three generations going on here. Do you think your generation has, how can I say this? Do you think the world is harder for your generation? In a sense, it can be harder because I feel like there's more distractions and with social media, word can get out really fast and things can spread. Um, And that can also be an issue with some people. So, I mean, I feel like it might be harder to to actually fit in and and really bomb with people with all um, that's developed in the the last few decades. So, so yeah, to a sense, I think it, it might be a little harder to grow up. Sharon, when you were his age, did you feel that pressure on you? I really didn't. When I was Connor's age, I was out riding my bike in the neighborhood from the, as soon as I got out of school until the streetlights came on. That was the rule. And we came home and we ate dinner and there weren't distractions. There wasn't news constantly bombarding us. And we just sat down and watched the news when we wanted to watch the news. And do you think that the world currently is a kind place? I think you can find kindness wherever you go. I think, uh, you know, Connor mentioned that there's always more that we can do. Everybody can always be a little kinder, share more kindness, spread more acts of kindness, and that's just going to have a ripple effect. So I do think that there's some things that the world has to work on, but I think that we can fix it if we all get together on it. Connor's 
Kindness Project has a lot going on. (laughs) So Connor, (laughs) take us through the beginnings of this. You were 12 years old and dot, dot, dot. Yeah, so like I said, I already explained how we started and it came out of the pandemic. But really the first thing that we did is because of what was going on and and how all these kids were quarantining and and sick at home, we actually decided to make COVID care baskets. And these were little little, um, bags of of small toys um, that we would drop off to kids in our community that were struggling at home um, because they were stuck and, and very isolated. And that's really how we started and then we just kept going from there. And, and this, at this point, we weren't even really a true nonprofit. We were just doing, let's say, one act of kindness every night as a way to help our community. Um, the next thing we did is we did baskets for nurses. We moved into doing some work with the local fire department and police department and, and dropping off thank you cards for them and having the community get involved with that. Um, we ended up doing some work with some other nonprofits that we picked um, that we liked what they were doing. And we wanted to help them with their day-to-day activities. Um, And then really after that point, we were like, we're already making a big impact. But we wanted to do something that we could call our own. Um, And we wanted to make a real project that that could grow um, to who knows how big. um, And that could really make a big impact on the world. So that's how we formally branded as Connor's Kindness Project. And through that conversation we came up with the idea of the kindness kit and what that kindness kit is, is our signature project. Um, It's our little red box filled with all sorts of toys, fidget toys, um, little thinking toys, everything you can think of is in that box. And we deliver those to kids all over New England right now and and homeless shelters and hospitals. And to this day, we've done over 5,000 and we've made quite a big impact. And that number is just really going to continue to rise. So that's our that's our main project right now, and, that, and that's really um, how we've developed over the, the past couple of years. Sharon, when did you get involved with all this? Well, it was at the same time. Connor and I were sitting beside each other when he turned to me during that moment that he wanted to help other people. And he just looked at me and he said, Nana, what can we do to help the kids? And he was only 11 and a half probably at the time himself. So that just touched my heart. And that's when we started doing the kindness, um, the care bags. And so it was from the onset, we've both been doing this together. And then when it went on and on and he wanted to do more, I sent him to his computer and I told him to research other like-minded nonprofits. And he did. And he came back reading impact numbers to me. And we selected a couple of nonprofits that worked for us. And from there, it just continued to go on. And as Connor said, what goes inside the kindness kit? He, I, he, the one thing he didn't mention is that everything is quality and trending. Like we really pride ourselves on what goes into the kit and the love and care of it. There's even a card that says you've been gifted a kindness kit. We hope this brings you hours of fun. And when you turn the card over, it says you are loved. So a child in any type of challenging or vulnerable situation, would that would bring joy to me. So I know how the child must feel when they receive it. Connor, what were you feeling at the time of doing all this? You know, it's the height of the pandemic in the lockdown. What were you going through that you were able to take this out of yourself and say somebody else was going through this too? I was going through a little bit being isolated from my friends, but it wasn't that severe. And, and, 
and I happened to be um, fortunate enough to be really comfortable in that situation. I, I still had good people around me supporting me and helping me out. Um, I was financially st stable, uh, my family was at least, um, during that time. So I really knew that um, there was people that, that weren't fortunate enough to be um, stable, and that made me just want to help others and, and do what I could to, to bring joy to them and, and help them through that challenging time because I knew it was a problem. Sharon, you people are way too nice. I need you to give me something. You turned over a liquor store, arson, something. Help me out, Sharon. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We haven't done any of that, and we never will. Right, Connor? Never. <laughs> I was hoping for a yet. I was hoping for a yet. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Sharon, were you – I mean, look, I was feeling it too. I mean, what were you feeling, you know, as somebody in – I mean, again, we're talking to three different generations here – did you have the feeling of, are we coming out of this? Are we getting out of this? And what am I going to do? Yeah. I had quite a lot of fear surrounding me at that time. Actually, I, I have a long background in healthcare, And I had a children's yoga business at the time that was thriving. And I, would, I had parents calling me up. Can you, you help my child? Can you help my child? So that was that. But what happened to me was... I was, I went to a school one day, I taught a children's yoga class, and this was before there, we were even in isolation, and they called me up and said, you have been exposed to COVID, and I didn't really even know what that meant, and they told me I had to stay in my house, I couldn't talk to anybody, like, it, it was, it was, it was scary, and so right from the onset, I felt that. And then as time went on, you know, the conversations that Connor and I had about that, um, I think that that made him a little bit more aware of what was going on. I mean, we couldn't see each other. Right, Connor? Do you remember that? Yeah, for a while we were um, we were doing daily FaceTime calls. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and that's maybe where technology helped people because the world did change. People could stay connected because of technology. Other than that. The uprise in Zoom was crazy. Yeah, that that's true. And I think this is one of the examples where um, the internet and social media could be used for positive ways. Now, let's talk about this for a second. You also have expanded to something called kindness clubs that you've taken and affected in a good way over 10,000 students in your area of New England. Connor, tell me about those. So we were doing the kindness kit. It was going great. We we're having a big impact all around us, but we wanted to really expand our branch and expand our reach. Um, and more specifically, more specifically inspire, um, kids, younger kids, elementary school age to be more kind to everybody around them themselves. And cause that's really how I got started. So we came up with the idea of the kindness club. Um, basically what we do is we go into schools, we explain to them what it is, what they're going to be doing over the course of the time. Um, and we really give let the schools decide how long they're going to do it and how many acts. Um, we give them a list of kindness acts to complete, and we give them some room to add their own as well. Um, and then after we explain all that and the kids are, are ready, we have them take a kindness pledge. Basically that over the period um, that they're going to be participating in the kindness club and beyond, they're going to be kind to themselves um, and everybody else around them. And, and that's a pretty cool moment for us. Um, and then after that, they complete the challenges. When they're done, the school notifies us. They get a certificate of kindness from us. 
um, a cool little sticker um, and another prize as well, um, just as a reward for being kind and, and completing the project. Um, and, th- and through this kindness club where we've worked with over 10,000 students um, who at 20 k- acts of kindness each have gotten the numbers up to 192,000 acts of kindness. So through that kindness club, we've, we've really had a big impact on the community. Sharon, when we were younger, there was a key club. I do remember key clubs. I do. Is this sort of in that same vein to you? Is this like a flashback? I do. I think it is because it's about sharing the good and being, you know, with your community, seeing what your community needs and giving them what your community needs. Sharon, is there any point that you can remember as a younger person of Connor's age when somebody gave you or bestowed an act of kindness or you did in reverse on somebody else that sticks in your mind that's like a flashback? I do. I was actually in middle school. I was being a little, not not harshly bullied, but there were a couple of girls that didn't want to hang around with me anymore. And they went to their mothers and made a story up about me, which was not true. And I had one girl walk up to me and she said, I know you're telling the truth and I'll be your friend. Wow. Yeah. That stuck with me. I think I was about Connor's age, truthfully, at the time. Is it important in the world we are in right now, Connor, that we all take a breath and be kind to one another? Yeah, I think definitely. Um, although there is is a lot of kindness in the world, and, and like my grandmother said, you, you can always find kindness wherever you go. There is a lot of um, danger and, and not so kind um, acts as well. So I think it's always important to stop, take a breath, like you said, think about what you're doing and how that could affect others and just um, find the kindest solution possible. And I think that's really what our world needs um, to make it a better place. So yes, I think that's very important. Sharon, here's a question my audience is going to ask, and I'm going to throw it to you because I think I know you'll have the answer. Where do the funds come from to make the kits? Oh, Connor could probably answer that as well. So Connor, would you like to start that? Because you should tell the story about how you originally funded the kits. In the first year, sort of our trial year with the kindness kits, I was actually able to fund the first 250 kits by doing a lemonade sand at my beach. Um, So in the summer, I go to my beach house and we did this a couple of times, sold lemonade, bracelets, snacks, other drinks. It was like a boosted up lemonade stand. And I was actually able to fund the first 250 kits. So that was a pretty cool experience. Um, and then after that, um, it got a little bigger. So it was more reaching out um, family, friends, maybe some people in our community. And then it got even bigger um, to, to the whole community. And now we're at the point where we're looking for corporate donations, grants, think all, all these things um, to help find, financially support us. It has expanded. So starting off friends and fam, lemonade stand, friends and family. It, now we have corporate sponsors that we work with. We do team building events that we bring kindness kits to organizations that their team can put together. They pay um, per kit for that. And it's a it's something that 
it's hands-on. So it actually makes them feel really good about their giving something. And we also let them decide where it is that they would like the kits to go. Um, other than that, we have had a cornhole fundraiser two years in a row and a walk for kindness, and they've been successful. So I think you have to look at, you know, everything that we do. And right now we are trying to find commercial space. That is our next goal, because right now we are in my father's basement. And it's so it's Connor's great grandfather is where everything. What? Yeah. <laughs> You are okay. <laughs> the house I grew up in. Make it four generations. Wow. Now, does he know? Does he know this is happening in the basement, or is it kind of like very quietly happening behind his back? He sure does. In fact, in fact, he did. He did a delivery for us last week, so it was pretty cool to see him get involved. That is so 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 great. Let me ask this question, Connor. Are people surprised by your age when? they meet you and they find out what you're doing? Yeah, definitely. Um, people are always like, wow, you're a Ford team. But I think it's it's possible. It's it's always possible to make an impact no matter age. Man. And just even if you're doing one kind act a day or you're starting very small, I, I, we believe that kindness spreads like a ripple effect and it can make a big impact. So, yes, people are surprised by my age, but I feel like anybody um, is able to do something like this. And another reason for the Kids Kindness Club to show children that a child started that. Yeah, I was going to say, this is a great way to remind people that the next generation already has it going on. It's already happening. And mm-hmm. and you all are really lucky, Connor, because your grandmother and I can speak to this. We didn't have phones in the palm of our hands. We had to... We had to wait for the phone. <laughs> In my day, we had to go to the uh, the the library and use the Dewey Decimal System. And when we had a book report, if your book was checked out and you didn't get there soon enough, you were basically screwed. And <laughs> oh my word, my my family would buy encyclope- encyclopedias 100%. for us to do our research. A hundred percent. That and the Farmer's Almanac. We would get that damn Farmer's Almanac every year. And I just saw a movie that used a Farmer's Almanac. And I'm like, they still make the Farmer's Almanac? They do. (laughs) That's just so incredible. So let me ask this, Sharon. I think it goes without even – this is a question that's really going to be easy for you to answer. How – how overly proud beaming are you and do you have to like hold it back when other people talk about their grandchildren compared to your grandchild? I am extremely proud of him. I cannot believe that he has taken a small idea and made it into what it is today and that he is going to take this further. I can just see it. I mean, we're at this moment now that people are really starting to pay attention and the world needs it right now. There's a lot going on. And I just think we have to direct everything to the kindness and we have to help everybody. And our goal is to help every child in need eventually and be nationwide. Connor, what is it you want to be doing with your life, uh, going on to college? Where where do you see yourself? Go for it, Connor. Say it. <laughs> I'm a big hockey player, so I always say I always say that's a goal somewhere I want to be when I grow up. Continuing that, um, but I guess um, another thing is is by doing that, I I think if I get big enough, I can um, get more people involved in my project as well, and that can be a help. And and if not, that's fine. I can still um, continue this and and keep expanding and um, 
in really getting our name and, and acts of kindness out there to the world. And, um, and yeah, so just, just keep doing what I'm doing and figure it out from there, you know? Connor, just you got to promise me that you keep the mouth guard in your mouth because <laughs> I went to Fiji on a Groupon. This is a fun story really quickly. I went to Fiji on a Groupon. It was 50% off, including the flights. And we got to Fiji. And Fiji is a very expensive trip. So two of us went for the price of one. And a lot of people who were there at this very nice place were very upset with us when they found out we got a Groupon. But this one couple shows up and they're going to get married on the island we're on. And he has he does not have two front teeth. The guy never smiled. And I was like, oh, you're getting married. You must be really happy. No smile. No smile. Just sort of a smirk. <laughs> and then he kind of and then finally his uh fiance, her name is Kristen, she's like, he's a hockey player. And I was like, Oh, really? She goes, Yes. And then he we made him laugh and he had no two front he apparently had his teeth knocked out like a week or two before and they couldn't get the teeth in, in time. So yeah, so he went to Fiji without two front teeth, got married, and all the pictures, and they were a beautiful couple, but he just had that slight smirk on his face, so keep the mouth guard in your mouth. <laughs> I think uh, mouth guards are a requirement um, a lot of places, so I'm definitely keeping my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> After those expensive braces, you better. <laughs> yeah. Sharon, where do people find you online, and how do they support you? So people can find us on our website, www.carnerskindnessproject.org, and social media, Instagram, and Facebook, and Twitter, all the same, Carners Kindness Project. And how can they help you? What can they do on – is it – would you like donations? Would you like money? Would you like – you obviously want corporate sponsors. We love money. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's what makes us grow. Um, yes, corporate sponsors, team building, donations, grants. People can volunteer to help us. People can do Play-Doh drives for us. People can donate a kindness kit, sponsor a kindness kit. It just goes on and on. Connor, did I miss anything? Support our events is a big one too. Just just like anything you see our name on, get involved with it, and you can help us. And you're a five hundred one c three, which yep. means that you got to get that end of the year write offs in, tax deductible write offs in. Uh, this is a great way to do it. Okay, so here's how we end the shows. It's two questions. I'm going to start the first question with you, Connor, and it's good because sharing you have time to think of your answer. Can go back to anything we've already talked about, and you don't have to say each other. Okay, Connor, here's the question: Who inspires you? Wow, that's a tough question. I never really thought like, um, I I don't know. I don't really know if I have like one person um that that really inspires me. Um, like basically everybody in my family and and what they do because they're obviously a big help um to that and they work really hard outside of the nonprofit and inside the nonprofit and that that really inspires me to work harder. Um. I guess one thing that's actually pretty cool, my mom actually works for Cummings Properties um, and Bill Cummings, who's the founder and, and owner of Cummings Properties, is a member of the Giving Pledge. And every year I see him giving out millions and millions of dollars to, to local nonprofits and um, the help that he is um, providing is, is really incredible. So I guess that's also someone that inspires me, but I don't really know like my definite answer. That's I really have to think about that one. 
I think that was a great answer. That's perfect. Sharon, who inspires you? My mom inspired me to be the person that I am today. And I think when I look out there in the world, my daughter and my grandson truly inspire me. The final question I'm going to ask you both is not a question. It's a statement to finish. Again, it can go back to anything we've talked about or anything you want to say. Connor, you're going to have a second to think about it here because you get to close the show. But Sharon, you're going to go first. Here's the statement to finish. Tell me something good. Oh, something good. Let me think. Tell me something good. Hmm. I think the world's a good place. I think there's good people in the world. I think we just have to join together, share the kindness, and be the good. Because this world has gone good. With your show, Steve. No, we're trying. We're trying. Connor, tell me something good. I guess something good is that I kind of emphasized this before, but um, no matter who you are, um, how much uh, money you have, um, how old you are, um, where you are, anything, you can always do something kind and you can always spread kindness and have a big impact on the world. And I think that's just something good to end off the show. Thank you, Connor. Thank you, Sharon, for spreading both your good and your kindness. Next time on World Gone Good. you know what that song means. It means it's time for our fourth annual Holidays Gone Good special episode. Who's ready to get your jolly on and jingle your bells? Don't make this dirty. I've gathered some of my merriest of elves to share their holiday spirit. We are talking everything from remodeling Santa's classic outfit to a Christmas miracle or two that will mm, brighten your heart, surprise you, shock you, make you smile. And prove, as always, that good is happening all around us, especially at the holidays. Tons of it. Don your favorite ugly Christmas sweater. Grab a plate of latkes. And let's all jingle all the way. Until then, be good.